Hi everyone, welcome back. Today's guest is Rory Lament. Rory is an ex-professional rugby player with 29 caps for Scotland. And after retiring in 2012 following a career-ending injury, Rory has been on a healing journey to recover from the injury and from pharmaceutical use throughout his career. Now, Rory supports others on their own healing journeys at KM, the health and wellness retreat centre that he has created in Highland Perthshire. Please welcome Rory Lament. Hi, Rory. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, brother. Excellent. Excellent. So there will be um, like a formal introduction, like a bio readout that I'll put on before this, but I just want to give you an opportunity and ask you on the podcast in your own words, like what it is you do. Okay. I share the, the tools and the, the, the wisdom that I've uh, picked up through my experience over the last nine, 10 years since retiring from professional rugby went through a big, uh, big crisis, existential crisis, body, mind and spirit, and uh, was in a very, very bad way for quite a long time. And um, I had to pick myself up and piece myself back together. And uh, I through a lot of trial and error, and some beautiful experiences, uh, learned some powerful tools that worked also experienced things that don't work and so through this through this process over the last few years really like found found the tools that really help men and women uh, navigate the challenges of life like navigate crisis uh, I work with a range of natural modalities that help bring uh, balance to body mind and spirit so breath work, meditation, we've got sauna therapy here at our retreat. Uh, We work with Amazonian medicines and Amazonian wisdom, indigenous wisdom that I, you know, I was very fortunate. I spent time in the Amazon, in Peru, in Colombia, and uh, time with the indigenous people and learned their, their, picked up their, their tools, their, their wisdom that they carry, the way they see the world, the way they see themselves. And um, yeah, so I implement some of these natural, natural therapies, natural modalities, and, and kind of like ancient indigenous wisdom. I implement this in uh, the retreats that we run here at Kayem, um, and really just help uh, the men and, and women of this, this land come into wholeness, come into healing, and whether they're navigating a crisis or they're just looking to um, up-level in some kind of way. And, and it's, we treat, you know, we acknowledge the connection between body, mind, and spirit, and that they are not separate, that they're all connected, and in truth, it's all one. Um, and so, yeah, just bestowing these tools, these gifts, this wisdom to help men and women really start to feel connected to who they are, starting to connect to their heart, to their truth, and really connecting to their their purpose so that they can find meaning from this life. And I think this is something that is so important because a lot of us, we've been navigating life without that higher purpose without feeling any meaning to what we do and to feel that contentment and fulfillment it's it's such an integral part of the human experience so this is what we 
it's hard to encapsulate really what it is mm-hmm. that we, we do. This is this is one way of explaining what what we do here. I believe yeah. So KM is is the way to encapsulate, it, isn't it? The word KM because what, what does it mean? Okay, so KM is the name of our retreat, and it is Scots Gaelic, and it means it's a prayer of protection to create a sanctuary of light during dark times. And uh, yeah, I, we had been or had been hunting for a, a a name that could represent what it is that we do here. And through a powerful synchronicity from our friend Ryan, who just shared, one day just decided to uh, send me an Instagram post about this Kayem and what it what it means, and like boom, there's 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 what it is. I've been hunting the day before. The day before he sent it, I've been hunting online for Scots Gaelic names that could really you know maybe encapsulate what it is that we we do, and couldn't find anything. Hunting for a few hours, and then boom. The universe delivered the very next yes. day through a friend, Ryan. And you were talking there about um, like a journey to find wholeness and, you know, oftentimes finding ourselves in, in pretty dark places and you yourself have been on that journey. <laughs> and, you know, as we all are, you know, so, still sometimes we find ourselves, um, you know, challenged by life, but you've definitely overcome some of life's biggest challenges. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your story of, you know, how you came to do what you do? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll try to keep this as <laughs> short and succinct as, as possible. Cause I could spend the next hour just discussing my, my, my journey, but yeah, I was a professional rugby player and, you know, had you know, a nine, 10 year career and it was, filled with huge highs and lows and uh you know like achieved everything kind of i wanted to achieve played at two world cups for scotland and um had tastes of of glory and and ticked all the boxes from you know what society says we should be aiming for like status and and wealth and all that kind of thing but um it was a darker side to 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 my my journey and that was the the, the injuries and the you know the, the effects of injuries and surgeries and huge amounts of pharmaceutical drugs painkillers anti-inflammatories and ultimately all the, the dark side all the injuries all the con- the concussions and knockouts 12 in my my time in professional game knocked unconscious 12 times uh i think i had 15 surgeries in in just the time as a professional um and when I came to retire through a career ending injury prematurely 29 years old so I wasn't really ready even though you would think with my track record it was inevitable that it was coming and it probably was um but 29 years old I really wasn't mentally ready um on one level I hadn't really prepared myself for life after rugby broken leg terminated my career and uh, was sacked for being injured, as that's what happens <laughs> when you when you get a bad injury in rugby. Um, and not long after retiring, I had multi- more surgeries on the ankle and got infection in the wound. Was put on antibiotics, and um, straight after that, my digestive system stopped working, and went into a, a big health crisis. So I was mourning. So at this time, I was mourning the loss of my career. 
um, which is a tough thing for a sports person uh, to go through that transition as it's like a kind of like an ego ego death your whole identity you have to kind of release who you thought you were and that's challenging on the mind level but then on top of that um as navigating this broken leg that wouldn't heal and now a digestive system that wouldn't function and uh, lost four stone in four months and developed many many uh wild health symptoms and was just in a real bad way. And I, I was then mourning the loss of my future because I couldn't, at the time I couldn't walk this broken leg. I couldn't eat anything and I, I couldn't see a way forward. And I was stuck in this situation for about a year and a half. And uh, yeah, was in a huge, huge crisis and was fell deeply into a dark depression and, um, suicidal ideation uh, because I just couldn't see a way forward and I felt on one level I felt quite betrayed as well that you know I'd, all my medical support had been cut and um, I was on my own um, and with no idea on how to like get myself out of the situation so I was dealing with this suicidal uh, ideation on a daily basis and I was of the opinion that if I can't <laughs> if if something doesn't change soon i'm gonna have to take my own life because it was unbearable dealing with all the physical symptoms uh dealing with just the loss of everything that i knew and the loss of hope like hopelessness um yeah it was a, it was a dark place but luckily um you know <laughs> something strange happened and at my darkest moment i called out to the universe for help actually asked god for help and um and i say that as you know at the time i wasn't a religious man or even a spiritual man or anything like that and um anyway from that moment things started coming in and little bits of wisdom started flowing to me and not long after that i heard a testimonial by a guy called aubrey marcus who was on the joe rogan podcast and he's speaking about his experience with this plant medicine iboga and um it really resonated with my heart so Got myself out to manage to get myself out to Costa Rica, and it was like an absolute desperation that please let this be the thing that was going to help me. And um, yeah, I had a very transformational experience. I had three ceremonies with this uh, powerful plant medicine, so psychedelic medicine. Um, it went through a very tough process, a life review, and got to see the darker parts of myself, see the, showed me all the dysfunctional behavior, the self-destructive behavior, showed me all the pharmaceuticals, all the surgeries, all the partying, all the everything that I'd been doing that was damaging to me. And also the behaviors were damaging to others, which was incredibly painful to, to look at, showing all of it, just like could remember everything. And um, that was extraordinarily painful. But then the medicine took me back to the start of my life and showed me um the wounds of my childhood that i'd experienced that had affected that were driving a lot of my behaviors and, and lifestyle choices and through that awareness i had this compassion the the wounds that i'd inherited my childhood wounds the difficult experiences were, were the driving force of my my thought processes so through that awareness compassion arose and um you know, just over the three ceremonies, my, my whole understanding of who I am and what this life is was completely, completely transformed, 
it was a, a, like a, a real death and rebirth experience where I w wasn't the same, you know, just I, I, the part of my old way, my old thinking, thought processing had, had died and, and a new way had been birthed into me. And from that point, hope returned. The suicidal ideation was away. And, you know, I could see a way forward. The big challenges that I was facing were still there. You know, and there were a lot of them. But my perspective had been lifted so that I could see a way through the challenges that I was navigating in my life at that time. From that point onwards, I dedicated my, my life to my healing through natural modalities. Starts bringing in, trying to find out the right diet for healing, breath work, meditation, um, uh, you know, just nature immersion. Um, and it wasn't wasn't long after that that I got the call to um, a, a beautiful soul came into my life and invited me out to Colombia to spend time with uh, his uh, retreat space and uh, with time with the indigenous healers of Colombia, the Titas, and spent time in the, yeah, down in the, uh, with the Kofan, down in the Putumayo region of Colombia, in the deepest, darkest jungle, and went on a real, what I call the hero's journey, um, where, you know, the call to adventure, journey into the darkest part of the forest and confront, confronting my fears, confronting dragons, the metaphorical dragon, which guards the treasure. And so this was what I was I was doing in that space was really uh, confronting my fears, working with their medicines, their wisdom, working with plant medicine, uh, so ayahuasca, sitting in ceremony, and continually unfolding my exploration of my psyche and my life, and continuing to integrate these these understanding of my wounds and my dysfunctions and. Uh, yeah, cultivating that responsibility for my life and finding great meaning to my life and, and purpose. And so, yeah, it's <laughs> the adventure goes on, you know, over the next couple of years, spend time in Peru with the Shipibo, more indigenous healers, connecting to their wisdom, continually unfolding my healing journey and really just going on this adventure, like into the, my inner kingdom to really my inner psyche and healing healing the wounds that i i've carried that uh, you know and the false beliefs and continually shedding the layers of cultural conditioning and beliefs that were holding me back from being uh the man i i know i'm here to be so yes the, the last so this has been a huge part of my journey working with the indigenous tribes connecting with their wisdom absolutely fundamental for my rehabilitation and healing and rebirth and um yeah man so fast forward a few years and taking all that wisdom and and sharing it with uh, with the men and women of of this land and and connecting with other healing modalities just like the the you know and the men's work that we do as well together david you know it's mm. uh bringing these ancient technologies up that were a foundational aspect of the the life of our ancestors at some point in our in the history of our ancestors and yeah it's all about reconnection to mother nature reconnection to each other 
And so this is really what what it is that um, I do and what we mm. uh, we obviously we're doing together. So yeah, man, yeah but I know there's a lot of information there, but it's still on a tiny fraction. <laughs> yeah, we could go really deep on that another time. Maybe it's it's absolutely fascinating to hear the the depth of challenge and you know that hero's journey, like really dealing with the inner parts of yourself and what it, what it brings up for me when you say that when when you're talking about what you dealt with i'm reflecting on my own time when i was at my own lowest point when i first became a father like i was already in a depressed state and you know not feeling uh, particularly healthy but then became a father and it spiraled me completely out of control and it was because i had not gone through the hero's journey. I hadn't dealt with my you know, inner dragons. I hadn't um, been initiated or gone through challenges and was definitely suffering from a, a, like a loss of future or purpose void or a loss of autonomy, um, <clears throat> underlying lots of other things around my own self-worth and capabilities of being a father. But had I been in and you know, slayed the metaphorical dragon, that might, that might not have been the case. So there's maybe a calling for some of these more natural healing modalities to you know be access if, if people are necessarily i'm not saying everybody who's going to be a dad go and drink ayahuasca but there's something there that you know if you're going to step into the like i was into the father archetype like becoming the father maybe there's an invitation to go a bit deeper in, in yourself and actually you know start to almost preempt maybe or start to do some inner work so that you can you know let the childish things go or like let the inner child die and like step forward into into the mature masculine into the man so all these things are running through my head as you're saying that like what 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 do you think about that yeah well i mean we so much of what we you know so much of our dysfunction and our wounds like you know we inherit from you know it's in a it's in a lineage it's you the wounds of our parents or grandparents gets passed down to us um and also you know we, we live in a very dysfunctional culture like we're dis like everyone's so we're all so disconnected from each other from nature from from life and you know one thing you know when you look at the indigenous cultures they have these rites of passage that which is a where you know, it's, you know, usually for, you know, for the men, they go through some boys at young age as they come, are coming into adulthood, they have to go through some kind of initiation, some challenge um, that will help them really shed some of the, 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 the childish, like boyish uh, energy so that they can really step into the, the manhood. And I, th- I look at our culture, and you know what are what are our initiations it's like being 13 years old and going out and getting blind drunk and stumbling all over the place or Mm. taking recreational drugs and this is like this is you know and this stuff doesn't work it just creates more more dysfunction and we don't have the wise elders guiding us into adulthood you know but this is something that's been lost in our culture Mm -hmm. so basically we've got you know underdeveloped men and women having, you know, mentally, psychologically bringing in children. So we've got really kind of like children bringing in children without any yeah. kind of maturity, any wisdom. And this, this, this function just keeps on getting passed down the line. And 
what tends to, what seems to be happening right now is that so many people, life is taking them through initiation. And it's when we come to a crisis, and this is what I kind of looked, you know, what happened to me is that I, I found myself in a deep, deep crisis. And I look at this crisis that, you know, I went through and I have such gratitude for it now because I look back and realize it was a huge initiation for me to to shed the, the, the wounds of the past and the, the dysfunction and all the energies that weren't in alignment with my highest good. Mm-hmm. And as brutal as it was, and it took me to the very, you know, <laughs> I hit rock bottom and it was excruciatingly painful. And, but these, uh, the fires, this pain is like the fire of transformation. As Ramdas says, it's like grist for the mill. And it's the fuel for fire to, to for the fires of transformation. And this is, I, I kind of feel that what's happening on the planet right now is individually and collectively, there's just crisis. You know, part of what we, we, we do is helping men and women like navigate crisis. And there's so many people going through this crisis, this initiation to come into true adulthood. And so that you know, and this is hopefully, you know, it, this is what it takes for, for us, this generation is to shed this dysfunction so that the future generations, the children and children's children don't have to endure the same pain and chaos that has been haunting humanity for millennia. When you look at just, yeah. it's the chaos now is sure things are coming to a head but it's been there for a long time and and you can see it's exp- it's exponentially grown and like you say it's coming to a plateau now maybe it's going to hit a dip soon but the levels of distraction and avoidance and um comfort and convenience in our society now it, it, it kind of breeds breeds this way of being and you know when when you were talking there it was you know the the and you said the lack of wisdom that's coming through for the lack of elders um, in, in our communities. And that's not to say that some men that I know who are dads, who maybe still embody some of the, the boy psychology, it's not to say they're not intelligent. They, they might be really clever and they might be really smart and they might be really good at what they do. But wisdom is, you know, refined knowledge delivered in fewer words. It's a felt sense of, you know, having been through the challenge and the rite of passage and the initiation and let go of things, actually put yourself to the edge of your comfort and push past it. And it's that feeling of comfort that so many men and women are are used to and quite happy with. And until we start to challenge those paradigms, then wisdom is just a little bit further away for us and you know that's that's what i really feel in our society and you know i just I, I see a lot of men who you know have access to that or they they have so much potential to it like i'm not saying i'm perfect i've, I've still got a lot of work to do but i see so many men and it's just this there's just something something holding them back something keeping them attached to the confinements of you know comfort and convenience and consumerism and just happy you know, going out to the pub and stuff like that. And that's fine. But then, you know, how do we stop the, the, the chain of, you know, generational trauma or generational behaviors passing down? And, you know, in this podcast, we focus on the, 
the role of the the father, past, present, and future. Like not necessarily biological father, but maybe you know the form of elders in our communities. You know, connected to younger men, supporting and and sharing this wisdom that you were talking about. And I feel like what you do is so important for for bringing these elders back. I I see you as as like a father figure in this community, this healing community. Um, so I guess the question is like, how, how do you feel that we can all show up as elders? Yeah, well, it takes, uh, to, yeah. How do we become elders? Well, I think, you know, once you step onto the, the path of like doing the, the inner work, taking, taking responsibility for the dysfunction in your life is such a, a key, uh, you know, key point for this. It's like taking on ownership and responsibility. Yes, you know, a lot of us have been through, um, you know, big challenges, and some of some individuals have had a horrendous, you know, start. But the number of challenges and difficulties and trauma that they that they've gone through. But you know, one thing that is rife in the culture is people pointing the finger of blame at others for the things that are wrong in their life and wrong in the world. And that is the mindset that stops uh, healing and, and wisdom coming in. We ultimately have to take uh, individual ownership for, for our life and what is happening in our life. And while the, there could have been some very big challenges in that, the the transformation that takes place the moment that we say, I'm going to be accountable. I'm not going to point mm -hmm. the finger to blame. I'm not going to like hold on to like anger and, and regret and, or, you know, just, uh, you know, let go of any feelings of betrayal. It's like, I, I can, you know, I have the power to initiate change in my life. And I do that by self reflecting, turning inwards, and looking at what part of me needs to, I need to let go of what part of me needs to die, which part of my behavior and my thought processes is not serving the highest good of me, what is, is and it's not serving the highest good of my family and my friends and my, and my you know, community. And when we start to take that, uh, you know, individual responsibility, you know, as Gandhi said, like, be the change that you want to see in the world. This is how we, and this, when we start on this process of taking that responsibility and doing the inner work and seeing which parts of ourselves need to be let go of and what aspects that we need to call in, we start to, the, the wisdom starts to flow to us. Mm -hmm. And I, I ultimately believe that the wisdom each one of us that is seeking uh, for our life is already within us. And when we start to do this inner work and step out of the fears and the programming of the egoic mind and start to come tune into the deepest aspect of who we are, like tuning into our heart, the intuitive guidance, the intuitive wisdom, and access this intelligence that lies deep within us, we the wisdom the inner knowing starts to flow to us. All the answers that we're seeking for our life comes to us through, you know, spontaneous like arrival, like spontaneous ideas. And there's just this inner knowing. And once we have a strong connection to our heart, we, we are able to channel higher wisdom 
and we we <laughs> we we navigate the challenges in our life with so much more grace and compassion and love and joy and that's ultimately you know that's what is what is wisdom you know it's like well operating through love rather than fear that's that's mm -hmm. the, that's the highest form of wisdom choosing to be to be driven through love rather than like falling prey to to the fears and and false beliefs of the egoic mind but once once we can do that then like you know we, we start to embody the, the wise elders and this is you know it's you know one thing we say with the, the men and women that you know come to join us at these retreats is there are no gurus here we're all we're all in this together we're all facing our challenges but we 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 are here in this shared intention to support each other in healing lifting each other up lifting ourselves up to become the the, the wise elders we never had and so and as, as we do this together you know we're lifting we're lifting each other up and that that energy is so infectious and once we start to do this inner work and start to feel the healing within us it it really lifts our friends and family up who are around us lifts our community up and yeah and and, and it sparks others to 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 step up as well and start taking ownership but this is what it what it takes to be wise wise elders to <laughs> to take ownership of your, your life and in, in every aspect of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love the, the self accountability and, um, like we say, call, calling each other forwards rather than calling each other out, um, being able to receive the, the call and also being able to, you know, deliver the call is, <laughs> is, is quite important, but you know, we've been put in such a state of competition as, as, as men, particularly bringing it back to the father, you know, we're in, in, in such a state of competition in our society that, you know, to reprogram that into collaboration or deliver the message or the wisdom through um, the lens of love, like it's, it's sometimes quite a big ask for people. So, yeah, I think um, there's definitely an invitation to step deeper into this work and, you know, just take baby steps, maybe. <laughs> no, not necessarily, like I said at the beginning, you know, if you're going to become a dad, go and sit with ayahuasca or iboga, just, you know, try and maybe, you know, journey into breath work or meditation or start talking to your parents about your upbringing um, and, you know, start dealing with those dragons first and foremost. Yeah. It, you, you know, the thing is it, it, we have to have patience as well on this path and it's just doing, doing what we can in, in, you know, each day as we navigate our challenges, but this, you know, it, you know, it doesn't just happen overnight where we start on doing the inner work and everything falls into place. There's so many, so many challenges and just the, the programming that's been happening for so, so many generations. And, you know, what, what, you know, just from talking from the masculine, from the, the men perspective, you know, just that, that competition and, and dysfunction and, uh, you know, like, yeah, this idea of like, you know, for us to be successful, it's got to be, a, you know, yeah, others failure. And there's, there's, there's so much, uh, there's so much momentum to try, uh, like deviate into a higher path, you know, yeah. like just generations and generations of like this dysfunction. So it takes a huge, a courageous amount of 
effort and focus and dedication and patience to to initiate that change and that's the the, the one thing but as soon as we seem to make that decision to like take ownership we life seems to bring us and connect us with the the brothers and the the wisdom keepers that we need you know that, that can help help us on 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 that journey and you know this is yeah <laughs> on a practical level what what does it look like well yeah connecting with a a modality a technique each day that helps center you bringing you into the the stillness and and supporting the body through like clean foods you know like mm-hmm. eating the right foods is so like fundamental connecting with breath work meditation getting into nature doing the cold water therapy there's so many you know yoga there's just there's so many there's so many tools and and of course connecting with other men who are or doing the the work themselves bathing in the energy of other men who are also doing the inner work Mm. is so transformational it's so transformational and uh yeah we we just I, I I really believe that is the the most powerful tool is that the um, coming together and commu- like-minded community who are mm-hmm. only interested in, in lifting each other up rather than pu- pushing each other down. That 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 energy you you realize and we speak about this a lot is that the most potent healing medicine out there is the medicine that we carry for each other. Yeah, through you know just coming together with that shared intention to support each other in healing sharing our stories sharing the challenges that we that we face really listening listening from the heart listening with compassion being heard being validated having your story heard and validated and you realize that you know just when we <laughs> when we come together like this we we realize actually so so much so many of us are navigating like very similar like challenges oh, yeah. similar yeah. pain similar wounds like sim- similar experiences um we realize it's not just us it's not just me that's struggling and uh, feeling so much pain it's like this is almost a, a universal thing once once we can express our vulnerability and you know and that's a huge part of the the healing process is to admit yeah, I don't have everything in order. Like I, I'm, I, I'm scared sometimes, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel lost. And you know, when we come in and express that vulnerability, wow, such a catharsis starts to to, to take place. Yeah, definitely. So some of the things that were coming through my mind there was like when, when a man feels a loss of purpose or he feels disconnected and he feels almost like his self-worth is 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 being challenged like that's when we can get driven down into into it into a deeper hole or and we can isolate ourselves but when we have this form of connection it's a way that we can really draw each other back into this community and allow ourselves not to spiral out of control because you know sometimes as men we have this tendency to lone wolf it um, and that doesn't work anymore. (laughs) It just, it just perpetuates the problem and and it grows and festers in us. And, you know, oftentimes 
not always, but oftentimes we end up sharing and confiding in the one person we feel safest with, and that's normally our romantic partner. And that isn't necessarily the best place to always bring that stuff. It's so important to have somewhere else because the emotional load sometimes of of a man, if he is struggling with self-worth and wants to be validated, wants to have his feelings heard, the the communication of that to the romantic partner can sometimes change the dynamic of the relationship and create something that's maybe not as supportive um, because we need to be able to do that in our work ourselves and then bring ourselves back to the relationship. And I think for me, when you were talking, that's what was really coming up is like so many men, myself included in the past, I have battled really long and hard with um, feelings of low self-worth and almost uselessness at times. Um, But bringing that to a romantic partnership you know, it, it can damage the connection between you and your partner sometimes. And it changes it almost into like a mothering role where then you're even further losing like your manhood or your, your father archetype, because you're asking to be mothered, you're turning back into a son. Um, so that's why we need elders and fathers and, you know, fathers of fathers and this community of men to support each other. That's my opinion. Um, what do you feel about that? Yeah, it's, we, we need to find our tribe, right? We, yeah. we, this is the importance of like tribe of community, um, you know, to the village, you know, we're not supposed to be isolated. And mm. uh, yeah, a big part of my healing journey, you know, it's like, you know, I just spoke about going to, you know, the Amazon and spend time with the indigenous and connecting with the medicines, but the, the medicines without the, 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 the love that I received from the, the men and women the, of the indigenous, you know, the, the, the community, um, it was really, that, that was the most powerful aspect. And that's what, you know, that I really felt with spending time with the indigenous was that the, the, the community, that the, the strength and the, the love that I received to be seen, to be held, to be supported. Um, that was such a potent aspect of, of the, the healing process. And, you know, before that, you know, when I was in that suicidal state, you know, I, I could not express my, I felt like an absolute failure. I had been riding so high, like, you know, just represent my country in the six nations and, and, you know, ticking all the boxes of my status. And here I had somehow was I felt like I was in the gutter and had failed, like just completely body that my body was broken, my spirit was broken, my, my emotional pain was just, you know, just extraordinarily hmm. intense. And I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I, I just had to bottle all up and, and I didn't express it to, to anyone. I just hid from, from, from everyone, withdrew, withdrew myself. And yeah, to, to heal, it was connection to others to feel, to, you know, the, the love I received from men and, and women in, in these spaces was such a fundamental part of, uh, you know, uplifting and healing me. Um, it's not, you know, the, the most significant part uh, above anything else. And that's, yeah, that's, that's the importance of you seeking uh, your tribe seeking, uh, you know, for the men's work, for the men, you're finding, finding your brothers who they're out there, 
you know they're they're waiting to support you and you know it's men who are further down the line who have done been doing the inner work for maybe a few years and sometimes you know or, or not maybe they're just also stepping out of their crisis at the same time as you are and but just coming together and like witnessing each other and validating each other's like journey and challenges it's such there's such such potent magic like potent medicine that that takes place in in these spaces so it's finding the others mm. finding the others right i love that <laughs> amazing amazing so um I wanted to ask because you know obviously this this podcast is around fatherhood um, past present and future um so i wanted to maybe ask you like what your relationship was like with your own father yeah so one thing um that the plant medicine iboga really you know showed me as it was giving me my life review after it showed me all this function and chaos and the pain that I'd caused myself and others, you know, it showed me the the nature of my relationship with my father, and um, you know, it was some big challenges with my dad. He 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 was navigating his own pain, his own wounds. He you know, from a young age, from not long after I was born, he he was uh, dealing with depression, and uh, maybe three, maybe when I was three years old, he took an overdose of the antidepressants that he's on, amyltryptamine, um, and was very close to dying. Um, he's, you know, he survived, but that was kind of like, I, I was living in a space where that energy was present, where deep unhappiness, and he, the way he medicated himself beyond just, you know, the antidepressants was with alcohol and, and uh, you know, part drugs and um he he was navigating intense wounds of rejection huge that he experienced with his father um and so he yeah he had a deeply like an incredibly low self-esteem at his core and uh yeah just tried to to medicate that pain with with various substances and so he wasn't he wasn't really present. He, he was a saturation diver, deep sea diver. So he's away uh, offshore for a month at a time. And then he'd be back home for a month, but he'd generally be kind of in party mode when he, when he was at home. So he wasn't really present as a father at much at all. Um, and I, he was always a bit of a stranger to me as well when, when I was very young. And so he responded to my fear that I had of him because he was almost unfamiliar to me on one level. Um, he took that as rejection and he responded to that by re you know, rejecting me and, and meeting me with, um, you know, just with his pain really. And so, yeah, I didn't really receive um, a huge amount of love and nurturing from him. Um, like I said, he's, he's mostly absent and was he was volatile as well. He, he had a lot of pain. Um, you, he carried so much pain. And um, yeah, you know, one, you know, maybe, I don't know, when I was four years old, he set the house on fire. Like just, he had incredible, like self-destructive uh, 
energy within him and a lot of that yeah a lot of that energy you know i picked up and i remember being young you know like maybe six years old and that was the first time when i experienced suicidal ideation you know just not wanting to be here not wanting to exist and that was something i carried a lot and you know i inherited those wounds of rejection and i've carried them with me all through my life and have experienced rejection from the masculine repeatedly those wounds from childhood manifested throughout my life with my father who i continually tried to win love of supporting him trying to help him with his addictions and took him in when he was homeless and and jobless and uh uh you know was always trying to like help him and and save him but over time his his addictions and uh, just really just made him almost unrecognizable from from the man the, the, the most painful aspect of it was that I, I in my childhood and, and ad, ad, adolescence there was moments where I got to see him the real like the real man and it was like you know just the man that I craved like just a, a thing of absolute beauty I could just see see his heart his beautiful heart and he had such a beautiful heart under underneath his pain and when I'd get you know it would almost be just like to see that that glimpse of the man that that beautiful man um only fleetingly only in very isolated moments made me crave that so much and i always craved that love and acceptance from him and was never really never really allowed to connect with that uh, for more than a few moments at a time and there was huge amounts of like pain and uh, emotional violence and uh where yeah, that, that wound was getting uh, opened up repeatedly within me, you know, as I tried to like mm-hmm. form that relationship with him and ultimately I had to watch him completely destroy his body and mind through substance abuse um, and to the point where, you know, he, he died at 68 years old, you know, a couple of, two, two years ago um, from, from alcoholism and never really, you know, I've had to make peace and this big being a big part of my healing is making peace with um you know the fact i never really got that that connection and and was seen or validated uh you know through him with him and so you know iboga you know it showed me showed me like how these wounds of rejection that i'd experienced throughout my life were that was a huge like you know pain i had such a load at my core you know i was a professional rugby player with all this uh success but at my core it's like deeply low self-esteem and um really a lot of my excessive ways and i i had many you know like the pharmaceutical drugs and the you know recreationals the the you know and alcohol and partying and a lot of a lot of my dysfunction it was rooted from this this deep emotional pain that i carried and it was only after my crisis in 2013 that where all this emotional stuff from my past was coming up i couldn't escape it because i couldn't go anywhere i was trapped with a body that wouldn't walk anywhere and i couldn't eat anything so i was just stuck at home and all these emotions that i'd been simmering below the surface all through my life had come out up to the surface to be seen, to be felt, 
Mm-hmm. That's what I've spent the last few years healing. It's like these 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 wounds, and I can see the medicine showed me how these the wounds that I'd received from my father was he had received from his father, and and that's just this is how this stuff just gets passed down generation to generation. Yeah. And it unfolded as well. And like, so the wounds were the masculine, the moon with the father. It, I experienced it multiple times with my, with my coaches from like youth team coaches. And it, I experienced these like, these difficult interactions with, with these father type figures in my life re- repeatedly, repeatedly. And uh, I always kind of just feel that it was the universe trying to reflect back to me this this father wound that I, I mm-hmm. carried at the core of who, who I was. And now, you know, the last few years, that's a huge part of what I've been healing. Yeah, and when, when we come against or come up against these these reflections of essentially, you know, our, our father wounds, of which, you know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners um, will have very levels of, you know, um, connection with their fathers and as you said some of this stuff is passed down so yeah as we come up against these these reminders they're almost reminders aren't they these people that challenge us in our lives that embody some of the energy that we dealt with from our fathers like how how do we deal with those like what is the what is the go-to method like do because the the tendency sometimes is to revert back to our our inner child and just com, you know continue the behavior that we've that we've grown with and it's very difficult to you know reprogram or deprogram um that that behavior system that we've built up from you know when we're young we're vulnerable and we we take on that stuff because what else can we do our fathers are the blueprint of what it is to be a man and when we see things you know, like you saw, like, of course, that shows us the potential of, you know, what, what is out there. That's how we learn what can happen and how men are, you know, us as a man can behave. And then when we come up against these reminders and these, you know, at times, you know, perpetrators, like how, how do we challenge them? It's so challenging. It's so difficult to do that because they are, you know, going back to the dragon, the archetypal dragon for us is really, really difficult to deal with. Yeah. I mean, my journey, it's been really just coming into like paying, paying attention to what emotions are emerging. You know, I always see you know, these, these maybe individuals or, or events that come into our life that like poke into our wounds. These, these people and events, they're, they're just the messenger. You know, it's life delivering the messenger asking, you know, I, f- I feel like these people were just reflecting to me the wound that I carried within. And, and part of what my my healing journey is, is to witness the pain, to witness the emotions that are arising and say, ah, what what is this belief? What is this, you know, the, this emotional pain that I'm feeling? What is this rooted in? What belief is this? rooted in it's like oh oh i'm i you know deep at my the core of who i am i believe i'm not worthy of love because mm. that's what i learned from a young age that you know i wasn't worthy of my my father's time i wasn't worthy of his interest i wasn't w- worthy of his his kindness i wasn't worthy of his love i wasn't worthy of love and that's like ah so that's you know that's the belief 
that I carry that's that's driving this emotion and those emotions in the past you know the, those intense energies would drive me into escapism or like seeking connection through substances like to to others you know that's why everyone gets drunk you know people are people are drinking because they want to try feel like connection they want to like try to escape the the pain of like not not being worthy not being enough not feeling connected mm-hmm. and um yeah so at some point if we don't learn to like start to tune in and and, and ask these inner questions we, we are heading to more pain and more suffering and the universe will keep on bringing these challenges and experiences until for me in my case it brought me to my knees and brought me to a point where i could not escape my emotions there was no there's nowhere for me to run nothing no escapism i could engage in and i just had to sit and feel all the emotions and only through great you know time and and gifts i guess from from the universe was i given the tools of introspection through the medicines through connecting with the indigenous connecting to meditation and and breath work so to these tools are helping me start to see what beliefs that these these uh this emotional pain was was rooted in and once once we understand what the wounds that we carry we can integrate them from our unconscious so you know when they're below our conscious awareness they're they're haunting us you know they're driving our thoughts and behaviors and all this pain is simmering below the surface when we start to like really dive deep and, and go into introspection and, and sit sit with these emotions and ask the question like what are they rooted in what what's what's the beliefs we start to get the insights and we integrate this pain of the past into our conscious awareness and once we're aware and we understand that oh, some of this is just you know stuff from childhood it's stuff from our parents from our grandparents and you know once it's integrated into our conscious awareness, we are no longer haunted by it. Doesn't mean outer events won't uh, poke that wound and you won't feel the emotions, but you'll have, we have the awareness that ah, there is, oh, there's that feeling of rejection again. Okay, mm-hmm. right, I'm just gonna sit with this. I'm not gonna try to run and escape. I'm not gonna run and hide. I'm not gonna try medicate myself with a substance um i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna hold awareness mindfulness witness and and watch watch come and watch it go and that's how we step out of the dysfunctional behaviors that are rooted in these in this emotional pain and the more we do that the better we get at it to the point where you know the, the these little energies can come to the surface and it, you, you know just like oh there you are again okay so there's the 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 you know the the betrayed child the rejected child okay and you know I acknowledge that part of me um but I'm not going to allow it to drive me into dysfunctional lifestyle choices um I'm not going to let it these that energy drive a, a wedge between myself and my partner or my my friends um just and over time it just it loses its potency mm-hmm. and we feel through that we start to feel liberated a sense of freedom and empowerment and we start to just be able to like cultivate feelings of joy and peace and contentment and understanding that 
there's nothing wrong with these energies either these wounds like we all we're all carrying stuff and we're not broken you know it's just like it's just about integration integrating all this stuff into our awareness and coming into complete self-acceptance that we aren't broken there's nothing wrong with us we are the way we are and it's beautiful and that's oof, once we come into self-acceptance we yeah. can maybe start to cultivate self-love mm -hmm. really which is the key for for healing everything it's coming to like truly love ourselves because the opposite is self-deprecation so by raising that bar and raising that vibration we're staying away we're trying not to get pulled down by that you know that common feeling oh I'm just gonna berate myself and get lost in this negative feedback loop and then i feel bad for feeling bad and i'm man i've been there i've been in the deepest darkest hole of that and you know banging my head against the wall literally and figuratively um just done but yeah definitely by just sitting with those feelings and you know letting them try and trying to work with them and let them pass and you know even through the connection that we speak about and that we deliver through through our men's councils like when you get that that connection and you can liberate yourself by sharing and it's not laced with shame and guilt from other people because that's the thing that we fear the most is like oh if i say this like i'm gonna be so judged because i'm judging myself right now and if i say this everybody's gonna like berate me as much as i'm berating myself but when they don't and you're like oh holy shit um okay i can talk about this and you guys won't think badly of me okay cool i can you know vent a little bit more and like start not that you're complaining but you're just letting these energies come rather than dragging them back down and falling back into self-deprecation and isolation yeah man the, the the magic that occurs when we express some of the 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 parts that we've rejected of ourselves, the parts of ourselves that we've rejected that we i think are unlovable and mm -hmm. uh you know, we, we share this with uh, a brother, you know, with our brothers and yeah, and we are seen and we are validated and we are supported and we are loved in spite <laughs> of <laughs> all the aspects that we yeah. think are we, we, uh, we, the, the healing that is felt in, in that moment is just profound. Um, and this is what you know we talk about with the the witnessing and the the validation and being being truly seen and accepted, because we all carry this stuff. We we all have it, and we you know this this is the catharsis that takes place is the the alchemy of group mm -hmm. connection of group validation, surround bathing yourself in the energy of men. Well, you know, for women and with women who are compassionate and loving and supportive, it's just the most potent medicine, the most potent medicine. And yeah, like, and through that, through that catharsis, that, that healing, the, the negative self-talk starts to die. And that this is, you know, like absolutely fundamental for, for the healing processes. Mm -hmm learning to to speak words of kindness to ourselves. the most important relationship that we ever have is the relationship we have with ourselves. and you know for the first 33 years of my life i was engaged in such negative self-talk i had such a low opinion of my myself and would berate myself for making the slightest mistake and yeah just 
when we when we're seen and validated and the darkest parts of self we we share it and share our shadow and and uh, it's seen and it's validated and it's held um yeah that something something potent uh, is is released from from our psyche from our heart um and yeah we we start to feel this like this peace and 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 liberation and this is you know the the work that we do it's like you we, we get to see the the true definition of brotherhood and it comes mm. through pure compassion pure compassion and it's um it's something so so beautiful and uh, yeah you know just you know this is the the mission right that we, we we're on is to to help as many men as possible connect with this you know to feel this 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 energy um and and you know it's such a, a potent potent modality is mm -hmm. the men's work that, that we do and um and as we witness our brothers heal, it brings so much like healing to us as well, you know. Oh Just, yeah. As we hear the story of another man and hear him express his shadow, it's not only healing him as he's expressing it, but it's healing it's healing me as I as I listen, you know, because it's helps me come into self acceptance as well on a deeper level. Yeah, there's 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 quite a lot of um parallels that we have. In, in our stories you know we all we all have maybe slightly different context and different content to our stories but we're all processing it the same way really it's all it's all coming out the same way or not coming out the same way so it's, it's really nice when you know one man starts to share and it resonates and you're like oh me too yep brilliant i love the the bit where you know if we ever do check-ins around the circle you know one man starts and he's normally pretty like reserved with it and by the time he gets halfway around he's like oh fuck, can i go again because like <laughs> i feel like i didn't give the the full the full whack of it um and it's a big thing that you know we're trying to transcend as well like that that you know as men you know, it's just we've been taught from, from such a young age to just suck it up you know not to mm -hmm. express what's there for us because like vulnerability is weakness and so, you know, think particularly for Scottish men, you know, it's like really strongly there, but you know, a lot of the guys that are coming in to do this work at this time, you know, they've never been in anything like this and, and that they're expressing, possibly expressing something that's there for them for the, the very first time. Um, it's the first time they've ever felt safe in their life to be able to, to speak and to sh you know to share the journey to share their challenges and and speak about some of the wounds of the past mm -hmm. uh, and it takes a huge amount of courage to to step up and express that vulnerability and yeah. it's um is it's not it's not an easy thing to do but none of none of this none of this work is initially you know like to it's always a huge leap of faith a huge a courageous act to to step into these spaces and to express that vulnerability so um you know it's always you know, one thing we always say to the guys is how much how much respect that we have for for anyone who's stepping up at this time this time of collective crisis to to really yes yeah, step up and 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 
you know, to, to take, take that ownership and to take responsibility and to try initiate change. It's um, really, you know, just I have so much optimism. Uh, yeah. But for humanity and I, something very special is happening here in Scotland and, and elsewhere, but it's, it's really magical to, to, to feel this, the shift in attitude and awareness that is uh, moving through through this country because for a long time it, it felt like it was absent but um, here we are now and we've got these men's councils going and the building and uh, building in popularity and uh, more and more men are, are stepping up and, and doing this work and I can only imagine what the, the, this decade is going to look like as we all navigate these huge challenges that we're facing. But... Oh man, yeah, I really see it as a big. It's a huge shift. Like this is why, why I want to have these conversations because I really believe we are forging the way forwards for future fathers. You know, we're accepting the past, you know, working on the present, and we're we're forging forwards on on the future. Um, so I, I want to kind of you know finish with one. One final question, because, you know, as I said at the beginning, I see you as a real, you know, father figure, elder figure in, in this community, though, you know, you're yet to become a biological father. That doesn't mean you don't have those qualities. I see it in you so much in the way you hold space and the way you conduct yourself, like all, all those qualities are there. So one of the questions I wanted to leave with was what does fatherhood mean to you? Mm yeah so fatherhood means to me is that it's to be a really to to be a, a beacon of light and stability to be to be a guide to be a protector mm. to lead by example um to you for, for, for me it's really you know the way i see it playing out in my life is to to hold community to support community um and to really you know, i guess yeah forge you know what what i'm trying to do in my life is to really forge the way and 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 create a a safe space for for harmony to to, to flourish and grow and expand. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, as I said, I, I, I'm not a father. Well, I mean, I've got two, two little Maltese dogs, so they're, they're, they're my children. But <laughs> yeah, you know, from, apart from Buddy and Avina, yeah, you know, I, I, I do kind of see, you know, the, the role I play as, you know, the, the, the embodying that father archetype, but yeah, I'm also you trying to help men. Yeah, just help men and women come into come into wholeness and come into the the highest self and coming into love and and truth and yeah, really just to, to trying to create a space where others can come into their their fullest expression because I think for for this for us to as a collective to get through the challenges that we're all facing is it's going to take each individual to come into the the fullest expression 
not being drowned by the, the fear and the programming and cultural conditioning and the past wounds, but coming into their heart, coming into their heart's wisdom, their intuitive, following their intuitive guidance, allowing their talents and gifts to be, to be fully expressed. And that's what, you know, everything I, I do now is to, to help others is my best effort to help others come into the absolute fullest expression uh, to so that they can be liberated from from the pain from from the suffering and uh, yeah and start to just coming into the the joy of their heart and uh, yeah so that <laughs> yeah one, what's, one, more, what's more fatherly than that, man? Yeah, that's, yeah, well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so that, that's that's kind of how I, I witness it in my own life. And sometimes I, I do it well. Sometimes I, you know, mm. work on that. You know, I'm, you know, like everyone, I'm a absolute work in progress and can continue to do my own inner work and, and refine these old energies that aren't serving me. Um, but yeah, it's. I tell you what, when when you when we start to do this inner work, so much joy starts to flow into our life, and it can be difficult initially when we're trying to build momentum. But you know, my my message to you know anyone listening is to to step up into that that father, uh, for the men to step up into that father archetype. Uh, whether you're you know whether you're a biological father or not, you know it's just. We all have this responsibility to come and embody that healthy masculine as, as the protector and the guide and, uh, you know, creating safe havens for family and friends and children. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very enjoyable work. I, yeah, happiest I've ever been in my life. So I, uh, and I, I witness it for all the, the men and women that, you know, step up and, and do the work is that, this this joy starts to to flow from the heart i love that man thank you so much and um, do you want to let everyone know like how they can get in touch with you and where where they can see your work yeah yeah so um our retreat space is uh called Kayam, and we are on instagram it's at this time it's predominantly instagram the handle is welcome to Kayam. Um, we do have a website, but it is a work in progress uh, under development as it has been for the last three years. But I think that's uh, 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 com. I hope that's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. It'll kill me if it's not. But um, yeah, those are the two main avenues. I think our uh, email is uh, connect at welcome to Kayam. Uh, absolutely yeah. i think you probably know that better than i do no it's good that's good brother yeah so yeah and anyone out there who looking looking who's looking to do this work and looking to um bring themselves into wholeness and all the things that rory can can provide at his space yeah i'm sure they'll be in touch so thank you so much brother and um yeah hopefully catch up with you soon looking forward to it thank thank you for having me it's uh yeah thank you david for everything you're doing you're a beacon of light and i feel deep deep gratitude for your presence in my life so thank you brother thank you thank you wow thank you so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed that conversation i know i did 
And for those of you out there looking for more support on your healing journey, be sure to get in contact with Kaim. Kaim is spelled C-A-I-M. So go to www.welcometokaim.com and get in touch with Lori and Shannon and see if you can put into one of their day retreats, overnights or Campbell ceremonies. They are absolutely amazing. I can't recommend them highly enough. And once again, if it's men's work you're looking for specifically, then go to mantramenswork.com. We have one more men's council day retreat before our big weekend in May. The next men's council is going to be in Dundee on the 23rd of April. This is a powerful day. We've done Glasgow, Edinburgh, and now we're heading up to Dundee. So if you're ready to step into a powerful healing space for men where we can call each other forwards instead of calling each other out and sign up to the Mantra Men's Council Day in Dundee on the 23rd of April. Or if you're ready to sign up to the full weekend experience, then sign up to the Mantra Men's Retreat in May 12th to 14th at the beautiful KM Health and Wellness Retreat Centre. I hope to see you there. Much love.